Romans chapter 12. <laughs> Verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Strange verse, right? In the middle of all that we've been talking about. Uh, if you've been following week to week, then uh, we have taken you on a little journey. And we're talking about the resources that you need in order to be a good saint. And this is just one of many things that you need to be able to uh, accomplish in your walk. So today we want to talk to you on the thought, practice hospitality. I put in parentheses pursue because when the Bible uses the word distributing, it, it means to pursue, to follow after. So you need to practice hospitality. One of the things that I am convinced the church does not know anything about is hospitality. So today, uh, if you don't know, uh, then I will have to say that we need to get you saved again. <laughs> hospitality is, is, is one of the founding features of the church. You can't have church without hospitality. Amen. Amen. So it's important that we understand this principle. So let's pray and we'll get to it. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you, God, for all the blessings that you prepared for us. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for every man and woman breaking the bread around, breaking bread of life around the world. Add a blessing to that words in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. <clears throat> now, last week we have told you uh, that. <clears throat> that one of the uh, overwhelming, overcoming, I should say, resources that we, we have to conquer uh, is in verse, if you, well, we did this last week, but I want you to just look at it, in verse 11. Because the Bible says this, that the believer must rejoice in hope. That's the first thing. Hope, we told you, is always future. When we understand faith, faith is now. It's active. It's right now. But we need to understand that hope is future. Your hope then becomes your anchor until your uh, faith kicks in. Amen? And Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. Here's what the Bible says. The hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. In other words, the Bible says that our hope is in Christ. It's steadfast. So when you believe in God, when you are believing God, you have the hope that the thing that you're believing for will manifest itself. Christ is that hope. So I hold on to Christ while I'm believing what he says. Most people don't get what they believe for because they quit too soon. Amen. And then last week we told you this also, the believer must endure trials. And we gave you the word patience. You have to be patient. Now, uh, when, when, you, when you look at the term in the Greek, it's hupomentes. And what it means is, it simply, for us, it simply means that we have to endure while we're waiting for our change. We've got to hold on long enough 
for God to deliver. In the process, according to what he told Paul, that my strength is made perfect in these times of suffering. So when I'm going through, this ought to bless somebody, when I'm going through, I get an extra surge of spiritual power. Because suffering brings that out in me. Amen. Amen. When I'm going through something, I get stronger. Oh, yeah. See, most of us, uh, when we're going through whatever we're going through, we have to remember that it is going through. It's not staying in. See, this is one thing about storms. When we talk about this in Hebrews 6, when it talks about you have an anchor, most ships, when a storm comes, they try to find a port where they can put down anchor. Putting down anchor in the middle of the sea is not a good idea. Amen. One thing you know about storms, and I think most of you know this, is storms pass. The longest storm we ever had on record was 40 days. And it passed. Are y'all still with me? And then the third thing we said that you have to be continue, uh, you have to continue in prayer. You have to be continuous in prayer. You have to pray always. You have to pray without ceasing. Biggest problem saints have is when do I quit praying for that? When you get it. Then you pray some more because you have to thank him for it. Because you got it. Amen. But that leads us to where we need to be today if we know that we have hope, we can endure because of our hope, and that we need to pray continuously about the thing that God already said about us. Then he says that the next thing we need to do is we need to recognize that hospitality is a duty. It's required. Wait a minute. Hold on here. I don't know if that's right or not. Well, see, when we think about hospitality, you know what we always think about uh, uh, sharing something with somebody else. And we say, well, you know, that's hospitality. Hospitality is care for others. But there's a process of hospitality. Hospitality doesn't happen unless three things take place. The Bible says that hospitality is like... uh, Concentric circles. Yeah. <laughs> this is the right crowd, right? Okay, this, 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 this is the A congregation, so. <laughs> Concentric so if you throw a rock in a puddle, circles go out. But if you never throw a rock in a puddle, there are no circles. The circle, then, in the center of that puddle, the, the first, first circle, is your family. The first circle is your family. Yeah, y'all need to write this stuff down because folks say there's going to be a test at the end of the service. The first circle is your family. What family are you talking about? I'm talking about the family 
that you're in naturally. You know, the Begats family. Now, why is that so important? It's so important because if the family is dysfunctional, then they can never show hospitality. A dysfunctional family is selfish. Amen. Now, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says that there's a second circle that pushes out from that first circle. And that's the family of believers. Okay, so we got two families. You got your natural family and you have the church family. You will never show hospitality to your church family if you're fighting in your natural family. So you have your church family. Your church family, then, is necessary if you're going to reach that next level, which is the world. If you can't show hospitality, what is hospitality again? It's love for one another. If the care for one another does not exist in the natural family, it cannot be promoted in your spiritual family, and if the spiritual family can't exercise it, they can't do anything for anybody outside the kingdom. Now, there's a difference between hospitality and entertaining. Entertaining is always about the host. Entertaining is always about the host. I stay up here. Go ahead, go ahead. Amen. Whereas hospitality is about the guests. Let me try that one more time. Entertaining is about the host. Now, when you want to entertain, you have to have the best of it. You have to put on a show. Because folks are coming to your house to critique you about what you had on the table and how the table was set. Amen. You are the host. That's entertaining. Hospitality, on the other hand, is always about the guests. It's about the guests. What does that mean? That means if all I have in the pantry is a can of pork and beans, then we open the can. We split it and we have a good time. If you are the host, you have to clean your house. If you're a guest, you come as you are. Push some stuff aside. (laughs) I'm not trying to say anything about your house. (laughs) But you push some stuff aside and you sit down. You can have hospitality while you and your guests work cleaning your house. Are we still together here? (laughs) Fun lesson, right? But here's the problem. Most people 
never get to that first level. They don't understand what hospitality is all about. So what they do, okay, I'm going to talk about all y'all for a minute too. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2. And I'm going to paraphrase it. Here's what it said. Watch them dogs. <laughs> that's, that's what it said. Pull it up. What does it say? <laughs> watch them dogs. You got to watch them dogs now. Now, here's what dogs do. <laughs> They mutilate and they destroy. Are y'all still with me? So here's what happens. You want to have a party. Right? But you're really a dog. You want to have a party, but you want everybody else to put on the party. So we say, uh, I'm having a party. So, Joan, you bring a cake. Uh, you, you bring a ham, uh, you, you bring some biscuits, and, and, and you bring some potato salad. We're going to have a party. Now, we got to invite some other folk that, that don't hang with us so it don't look like we all just, you know, eating. We're entertaining. All right. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem that most people think that's OK. That's not hospitality. Don't invite me to your house if I got to bring something. Amen. And for God's sake, don't make me pay for it. Now, 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 understand why I said this, because you need to understand what the scripture said. Again, Romans chapter 12, verse 13. What is the first word in that scripture? What? Distributing. Distributing. Distributing means to share. But it means, listen now, you can look it up when you get home. At its root, it means to share financially with others. So when I distribute what I have, I give to someone who has a need, not for a party. Come on now. If I solicit stuff from you so we can entertain each other, that is not hospitality, and it's not what that word distributing means. Koinonia is the word, in case you look it up. It's fellowship. But it's fellowship of the saints, which does not occur if you don't have family fellowship. Huh? If I only got that one can of pork and beans, and you steal it and take it to somebody else's house, so you can call it baked beans. which is your reasonable service. <laughs> that ain't Christian. 
Hallelujah. Are y'all still with me? <laughs> so it says distributing. What does the rest of it say? To the needs of the saints. I have to have this thing working internally before I can help the folks in church. Now, when I was not saved, and my wife was, she was always cooking something to take to the church. <laughs> I told her, there may not be one more piece of food. <laughs> we about to have a major malfunction here, cause. <laughs> So, but my wife being the same woman that she is, <laughs> she just cooked too. <laughs> kind of hard to argue with that logic. <laughs> Whatever she cooked, she just cooked too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the fact is, because I was not saved, y'all listen to me now, because I'm telling you, this is a good lesson. <laughs> because I was not saved, she could not take my stuff and distribute it to the church without my permission. Good lesson, isn't it? So it says distributing to the needs of the saints. Okay, one more, one more thing we need to do. Let's look at this word saints. Now, what do we mean when we say saint? Mm, that gives you pause, right? Y'all all saints. You're born again. You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You, you. You're a new creation. You got all these things going for you. That, that's what the word means. Saint does not mean something extraordinarily holy. I know you think it does. Huh? But Bible says that positionally I'm saved. My position or my standing with Christ is I'm saved. So I'm a saint. Now I might have to grow up into being a saint and all people don't, all saints don't behave equally. Are y'all with me? But at some point in time, I must come to the place where uh, I recognize that the family of God is all inclusive. And therefore, if I'm going to distribute something, it should start in the house of God. Now, people say, well, that's kind of selfish, Pastor. There are people out here in the world that need a whole lot of stuff. And I say to you, the poor you have with you. OK, now, having said that, let's go back. Distributing to the needs of the saints. So the Bible says that anybody uh, in First Thessalonians says that anybody don't take care of their own household is worse than an infidel. All right. Now, OK, now here we go. Shameless plug number two. This is why it's always good, brethren, for you to get saved. Huh? It's always good for you, man of God, 
to stand up and be the man. Because it is your household. So you have two responsibilities right off the bat as a saint. One is to make sure that you take care of your family. Two, to make sure that you take care of the needs of the saints. Tough job, right? But that's why the Bible is built on a, on, on a, a strange kind of economy. In uh, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, when you read there, you see that we're talking about everybody having everything uh, equal, right? And, and, and they had all things in common. And because they had all things in common, the Bible says uh, they sold their possession and goods and divided them among anyone who had need. Now, when we read that, it scares us already because we say, I ain't selling my stuff. Me giving my stuff to somebody I don't know. First of all, he didn't say give, sell everything you have. But if you have something, uh, you all watch TV every now and then. I know you do. When you're walking by, you know, I know y'all don't watch any TV. But sometimes when you walk by, you know that they have these little things up there where you can sell stuff, you know, that you ain't using no more. Uh, I don't know the name of any of them things, but y'all know what I'm talking about. But, but if you ain't using it, sell it. Somebody else wants it. This is what they're talking about. Especially here in January, February. You know all that stuff you got you didn't want? Before you save it for next Christmas so you can give it to somebody. <laughs> there may be somebody who needs something, maybe not what you got, but the money. So here's he saying, you can sell your possessions without going bankrupt. Hello, somebody. Doesn't mean you got to give up everything you have. It's amazing when you get saved, your common sense goes right out the window. That's it, I need to sell my stuff. And if you never sold anything, that wouldn't be any need for pawn shops, would it? So I know you sell stuff. Pastor, how you know that? Because I used to get the pawn shop list every month. So I know. <laughs> First thing I do is look for my members. <laughs> so don't be playing like you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> Well, how, how would the police ever find stolen stuff if they didn't, didn't get a pawn shop list, right? Oh, y'all didn't know that? Come on now. I ain't gonna do that no more. <laughs> I'm giving away all the secrets, right? <laughs> oh my God. All right, so let me, let me get back to what he's saying. He's saying then that this word distributing uh, to the needs means to actually share or to communicate. Now, that's a sense of, of family right there. 
Communicating referring to giving of money or supplies, which is uh, the constant duty, the Bible says, of every Christian. So <clears throat> when we see hospitality, the Bible says that hospitality means being friendly to strangers, not just having friends over. <laughs> we call that hospitality when we just come on over, have a cup of coffee. Huh? That's not necessarily hospitality. It might be fellowship, but it may not be hospitality. Are y'all? And we like fellowship, but fellowship is usually on equal basis. Huh? I got some eggs, you got some bacon? <laughs> but if it's hospitality, when I sit down, I expect you to have that bacon and eggs. <laughs> 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 now, the Bible says this, and... Uh, Verse 13, it says given to hospitality. You notice the word given to hospitality. And that word, again, it means that you are to be pursuing. Doing what? Pursuing. That means I follow after. It means that uh, I am ready and willing to give. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 says, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. First Peter chapter four, verse nine said, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on, without grumbling. You know, there's some people who will actually tell you when you say, uh, I have this coat I'm not using anymore. I don't want that. Come on, saying to God. What do you think? What? Listen, 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 listen. What do you think that God is doing when he offers you something that you don't need? He's preparing your heart to meet somebody else's need. How can you say, I don't want that? I don't need that. Well, pastor, it ain't the right size. Oh, I just had a good one, but I'm going to let that one slide, brother. Without grumbling. Without grumbling. <clears throat> I, I, I talked with my leaders last night, and I told them this particular verse I wanted them to remember, and I'm going to make you remember now. Uh, the Bible says that you let your yeas be yea and your nays be nay, and that anything more than that, and I'm paraphrasing, is sin. Okay, I got to come back down one more time. Can I tell y'all something? The mark of maturity in a saint is to be able to give an answer without commentary. Yeah, write that down, please. That, that's good right there. 
to be able to give an answer without commentary. You either can or can't. Don't nobody care why you can or can't. Huh? If I'm lying on the road, dying, <laughs> and somebody says, uh, you need to give him, uh, what is it, CPR. And you say, no, that's against my religion. You better hope I don't <laughs> recover. Because <laughs> if I do, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but do you understand how ridiculous that is? You have a good explanation of why you're not doing it, but it ain't helping me one bit. You need to stop telling people your reason. If they ask you, fine. If they don't ask you, you just answer. Yes, no. Well, I was going to, I was just getting fixed. I, you know, I was going. No, don't nobody want to hear that. Amen. And here's what I told them last night. I'm going to tell you the same thing. When you have a responsibility, you can't tell somebody you're not going to be there. Oh, don't be looking at me funny. No, 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 no. It's a. Uh, it's a fellowship, and you're, you're supposed to cook. And you say, oh, well, I won't be there that day. So the food's supposed to magically cook itself? Everybody just quiet now. No, 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 no. You think the bacon's just going to jump on the grill? No, somebody's got to do it, and it's your job. So I don't need to know that you're not going to be there. I just need to know that the bacon's going to get cooked. And if it's your job, why am I concerned about the bacon? My job is to be at the table promptly. <laughs> expecting to be fed. I don't know how we managed to put that, those two things together. But, that's it. but do you understand what I'm saying? Saints going to have to grow up. Y'all need to stop saying that. Amen. Well, I ain't going to be there. Well, somebody that looks like you better be there. <laughs> your clone, your replacement, your brother. In Christ, your sister in Christ, somebody ought to show up. And if it's your responsibility, you shouldn't be telling me because it ain't my job. How'd I get out there? <laughs> I better try to figure out how to get back, right? I better go back and back. <laughs> It's Groundhog Day. We can just roll that back. And <laughs> oh, the scripture says be, be hospitable without 
grumbling, without grumbling. Uh, when, when saints get to that point in life, when saints get, that's when the church is going to be raptured. Hmm. Okay. Didn't get much out of that. First Timothy chapter three, verse two says a bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, temperate, sober minded of good behavior, hospitable, hospitable, able to teach. Hmm. I like that scripture, except the one part that, 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 that most people don't get is say he's blameless. Because y'all blame me for everything. <laughs> Listen here, I'll tell you what, man. See, I know you understand this. People say some of the craziest things to me. Well, pastor, you said it wasn't going to rain today. All right. Yeah, I probably said that. But I'm not a meteorologist. And I promise you somewhere it ain't raining. <laughs> Blameless. Next scripture here. It says in Titus chapter one, verse eight. It says, but hospitable, talking about the leader again, a love of what's good, sober minded, just, holy, self-control. So hospitality then is enjoined by Christ. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. It says, he who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now, that ought to get you going right there. Verse 42 says this, and whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of water in my name, uh, uh, in the name of a disciple, rather, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 43 says, I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Amen. Uh, Turn to Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to show you something there. This is the story, of course, of the uh, Good Samaritan. Y'all know the story? Okay. I got a few minutes to make my point. Ah, let's see. Where is it at? Where is it at? That's the wrong scripture. Well, I got it. Let me let me find it. Let me find it. I, I always got it somewhere. Okay, that's that's exciting there. <laughs> oh, thank you, Pastor. I declare, Holy Spirit won't let you go wrong, will it? I tell you what. 
is Luke chapter 10. <laughs> I don't know why I had Matthew on my mind because I just read two scriptures from there, right? Okay, here's what it says in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I, you know, uh, no, don't do that, Pastor. <laughs> so y'all know, y'all got a, how many Bibles in here? And there's just, and how many scriptures have I given you already this morning? And then you hold me accountable for one, and you can't, you can't take the time to. <clears throat> that ain't right, is it? <laughs> so, so I said, Pastor, I know exactly where it is. <laughs> okay, Here, look. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got carried away. Here's what it says in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It says, Behold, a certain lawyer uh, stood up and tested him. A lawyer. Oh, my. Well, that's a whole other story. Uh, and tested him, saying, Teacher, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is your understanding of it? How do you uh, receive this word? And he goes on to say, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So here, here's where we get to hospitality right here. OK. And he said to him, uh, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. So hospitality is uh, enjoined as a requirement of the gospel. But then it goes on to say. But he, wanting to justify himself, uh-oh, that's what I just got through telling you, right? Amen. Pastor, I need to explain it. Let me explain it. He says, wanting to justify himself, said, and who is my neighbor? Well, who, who should I be helping, Lord? Who should I be giving to? Who should I share with? Y'all never asked that question? Let me, let, me, can I, let me help you out before I go any further in the scripture. If you got some, quote, extra money, and you don't know who to give it to, bring it to church. Amen. I promise you we'll find somebody to give it to. You don't have to wonder. Just bring the money. Money answereth. Y'all know that scripture, don't you? <laughs> See, from real life. Verse 30 says, then uh, Jesus answered and said to him, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Uh, I always get tickled about the half dead part. But, but <laughs> At what point do you cross? <laughs> Y'all need to stop. Now. This man is hurting. Say, <laughs> now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, 
And when he saw him, he had what? Compassion on him. In other words, when he saw him, he said, I need to help him. I need to help him. He didn't know him. He saw him. He saw his condition. And he says, I need to help him. He did not know him. He saw him. He saw what condition he was in. And he said, I need to help him. Not the church needs to help him. Let me call my covenant leader and see if he can find somebody. No, no. Okay. So the Bible says, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds. He did something, right? He did something. He saw a situation and he said, I need to do something about the situation that I'm seeing. He saw a situation and he said, I need to do something about the situation that I am seeing. Isn't it amazing that when people have problems, we got time to call a friend and Amen. do all kinds of stuff before we figure out we need to do something to help? And then the Bible says this. It says, uh, uh, on the next day, verse 35, when he departed, okay, here it is. Now, here's hospitality. We said distributing, distributing, sharing, koinonia. Listen, hospitality should always cost you something. Hospitality should always cause you getting this. Now I'll be the first one to tell you all that that I train you all wrong. I did. I did. I take full responsibility for it. Because in all these years, no, 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 I'm gonna tell you, every time y'all had a fellowship of any kind, I paid for it. If you spent your money, I get, you, you got reimbursed because I was big on fellowship. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And then one day I figured out ain't nobody in that ship but me. No, no, no. Can I be honest? Y'all up for some, some honesty this morning? You sure now? All right. What I found out is that I had conditioned you all to be takers and not givers. Huh? I sit around and listen some mornings we have fellowship. People complain about how much food is there when it don't cost them. How can you complain about something somebody's giving you? Does that make? No, no, no. Well, ain't you got no more grits? Go home. No, 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 I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, I only got two minutes. I'm sorry. I, 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 I. It doesn't make sense for people to murmur and grumble about something that they didn't put one dime in and wouldn't lift a finger to help fix it and complain about them not being enough. And sometimes people complain, wait a minute now, before you run out, because they're looking at the table to see if they're going to be second. No, I did it. 
I did it. I was wrong. I'm stopping it. No, I shouldn't keep giving to you and you complaining. Ask my son. He'll see. <laughs> no, 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 listen. Uh-uh. And this, I raised this way. You don't have to have nothing I have. You, you, mm-mm. No, if you don't like what I got, get your own. We ain't gonna fight about it. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. But I didn't raise the church that way. And that's wrong. You need to be grateful. One of the things that uh, we received a prophecy back on early on when we were first starting the ministry, it said that everybody who comes under this umbrella would always be blessed, always be blessed. And I always thought about that. I think back on it now some 30 some years ago. And, 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 and we have always been blessed, but we got blessed to the point that we got fat. You know what I mean by that? We just sit and get and we don't do nothing but complain. Amen. Bring me some of that, that coffee. Get me one of them Danishes over there. <laughs> Y'all ain't got no more sausage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Am I telling the truth, y'all? Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. There's something wrong with that when there are churches all over America who don't have this kind of fellowship. And listen, they always have a bucket or something there. Right? Am I right? Huh? Even in urban churches, as well as suburban churches, where people are really saved, they always want to give something back. So we must be in ghetto purgatory. Look it up. It's on the Google thing. Something. Okay. All right. I'm, t- I'm trying to make a point. Here's what I'm trying to The point I'm trying to make. Say so somebody make this point so he can shut up. <laughs> he said on the next day, he departed and took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Say, what? This man did not know the man he was helping. He saw a need, met the need, and then then went one step further. He saw the need, he met the need, and he said to the man, if you need anything else. When's the last time you said that to anybody? If, if you need anything else, let me know. Hmm? Pastor, is there anything else you need me to do? Just look. I got you. You want me to do what? <laughs> but I won't be there that day. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? 
So here's what he says, verse 36. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? A neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Okay, so here we go. Let's go back to the concentric circles one more time and wrap this up now. So that means that the people who are in my immediate family will be impacted by my hospitality toward them and my fellowship with them, which will cause me to be uh, a giver and a server in the church of God, which means I'll see whatever needs are being met, uh, uh, need to be met there, and I will help those people. And that, in turn, will condition me to be a giver in the community. Now, here's why the Bible uses the term uh, pursue hospitality. It says practice hospitality. We have to keep doing it until we get it right. See, we practice hospitality. We don't just do hospitality. We have to practice it. And the more we practice it, the better we get at it. Amen? That means that, that uh, uh, we may run out of grits, but next, next time we'll have more. That's because you bought some grits. Y'all, y'all. Sister Margaret, Sister Margaret. See, because I know they always talk to you, talk about you too, but that's all right. But how many of them come to you and say, well, Sister Margaret, I saw where you ran out of grits last week, so here's 10 pounds. Not, not, not one. Sitting right there waiting for the next grit shortage. We're talking church here, right? This is a. So, <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's a difference in community and God's community. And the thing is that as saints of God, that's what he said, saints, saints. As saints, we should know how to take care of one another. We've got to stop being so selfish. It's not about my needs, but it's more about your needs. Now, let me show you this, and then I, I, I'm done here. Here's what it says in, in verse 13. It says, distributing to the needs of saints, given to hospitality. So what it means is here, it means that I'm pursuing after, watch this, a love relationship. Amen. I'm looking for a love relationship. Now, I'm not talking about flesh. Amen. I'm looking for a spiritual love relationship. I love the saints. Yeah. Therefore, I'm looking to help all those I love. Amen. And then all of us who love one another will help those who don't know. And what Peter says is this. He says that if I live in such a way that saints will see my good works and they'll want to become a saint. Amen. You know, we always see what churches are going out feeding the community, you know, uh, but but now feeding the community, don't don't get it twisted now. If you feed me one day out of the month, I'm gonna be a hungry brother for 29. Y'all understand that? Huh? Well, Pastor, that don't make any sense. Well, look, now, can I just say something? This is this is this is so simple, so simple that it just defies logic. What if 30 churches fed one day? Huh? 
What if we made a roster of churches and said, okay, you got this day, you got this day, you got this day, you got this day. Then everybody who was hungry could eat every day. Hmm? And there's a, there's a roster, there's a roster. You want to know how many churches you got in your community? Go ask the funeral director. stuff. <laughs> in this community, there's over 100. In this community, I didn't say the city. I said in this community. Y'all didn't get that. In this, this community, folks that look like you, this community, there's over 100. Now, even with my fuzzy math, that means that if we did it, we don't have to do it once every three months. Where is the sense of community? And for you all, where is your sense of outrage? Oh, I forgot y'all don't have that. <laughs> no, Pastor, outrage is that that's hereditary. We don't have that in our family. <laughs> I've given you some valuable information. I know you probably didn't like it because you didn't like the way it came down. But the principle of sharing begins this way. It starts in the house, your house. You learn how to share with one another. Now, there's some people in the family that don't even share. Uh, children won't share toys with one another. Uh, grown folks hide stuff that they, you know. I thought, sure, I saw you eating some jelly beans the other day. <laughs> where, where, where they at? <laughs> as, as, as fun as this is, this is true. And if you have a problem sharing your jelly beans, I'm just going to use jelly beans. But if you have a problem sharing your jelly beans, then how are you going to share with other people outside your family? If you're selfish in the house, you're going to be selfish in the house of God. And if you're selfish in the house of God, you're certainly going to be selfish when it comes to the community at large. So this is why we pursue hospitality. We follow after. We run it down. You understand this? And yes, I think we should be feeding people. I really do. But I also understand that uh, Dayspring can't take care of the whole city. You might need to call some of your partners. Ask them why they ain't feeding. And let them give you their answer. <laughs> I guarantee you won't be yes or no. Well, see, uh, we were going to, uh, but uh, our stove broke down. Uh, <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm trying to say. This is an important lesson. If you get this, then the church advances one step further toward the kingdom. But you must get this lesson. Hospitality is 
not only required by God, it is commanded by God. Amen? All right, come on, stand up on your feet. 